Hey everybody, and welcome back to Keeping Up With Craft, a short conversation where we try to help you keep up with the goings-on of the craft CMS world and web development in general by highlighting cool stuff that happened that we think is worth a look. I'm Michael Rogg, presently, as you can tell, getting over a cold, and today I am once again joined by our illustrious and presently much healthier co-host... I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107, and I'm here to make sure that... Uh... Rog presses the record button. Yeah. Back... <laughs> because we got a good five minutes into recording this, and I realized I actually wasn't recording it. That's the story to our you're, dear listeners. You're, you're new to computers. It's all right. Everyone I, does you it. You know, Everyone yeah, technology. It. Technology. Mm-hmm. It's... All right. First of all... <laughs> first up on our list uh, is a thing that uh, Ben Parizic popped an announcement into the Slack channel... Uh, about Sprout Reports, that uh, Sprout Reports is really coming along in its maturity. It's still in beta, uh, but it's getting to be pretty full-functioned. And uh, so I asked him for a quick demo of it, uh, and basically what he showed me is Sprout Reports is uh, a plugin that gives you control panel access to just any customizable feed of data. Uh, So anything that you would write a SQL query to pull data out of your database. Gosh, I really wish I had a list of users and their first names and the groups that they belong in. Or I wish that I had a list of all the products that I sold with Craft Commerce to people in Maryland. Um, whatever it happens to be, um, Sprout Reports is a plugin that gives you uh, gives your users access to that data in a nice format in the control panel and also lets them export it into like CSV files or, or Excel files. Um, and so it can be uh, it can be really useful. I find myself a lot of times just writing front-end templates to just list stuff out, right. stuff that is in the system because, you know, a project is in progress and a client wants to see some customized list of stuff. Um, and so it's actually kind of cool to think that that might uh, live in the control panel alongside other kind of author-centric things um and i think i think there's uh you mentioned that there's an api that you can pull from anywhere the piece that they have been putting a ton of time and love into is this very extensible api for sprout reports where you can go and create your own data sources and your own uh report types uh, in addition to the default ones that are in the system and they've got some uh, some user-centric ones and some commerce-centric ones that they're doing um but you can go and add your own custom data sources, and that can actually be data from your database, or it can be data that you pull from a bunch of third-party APIs and collate and sort and sift through or whatever. Could um, even be from the so Element API? It could be from, well, if it, uh, it could be from the Element API. Uh, it could be from the Elements service, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, it could be from another site's Element API, I mm-hmm. guess. Right, that's um, what I was getting So you could, you could tie tie data from different sites together. But anyway, um, anytime that a report would be useful for uh, for showing your client, uh, Sprout Reports gives you a kind of nifty way to make that data available in the control panel. Uh, so go check out Sprout Reports if that's a thing that interests you. You can find that at sprout.barrelstrengthdesign.com along with all of the other Sprout Business Suite uh, plugins. So I could potentially set up uh, a complicated report 
save it as a prefab setting and then my client just comes in and clicks one button and it shows them that report. That's right, and exports a CSV. Very cool. Pretty nifty. Yeah. Um, next up is Reasons. Reasons is a plugin by um, Mats Mikkel Rumelhoff, is I think his name. Uh, he's M-M-I-K-K-E-L on GitHub. Uh, and so if you go to his GitHub, you can find the Reasons plugin that he has been uh, announcing uh, in the Slack channel. And Reasons is this nifty little plugin that helps you craft a very, very, very highly customizable author experience by showing and hiding fields in your edit layouts based on the contents of other fields in your layout. So uh, if this checkbox is checked, then show this other text field. And if it's not checked, then show um, something else. Yeah, and it's and I think that you know one of the really cool uses for it is, is client proofing. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the general term that I use where you try to make things friendly for uh, your clients on the back end. So uh, it'll do data hiding for you. So only if they turn on the... Uh, you know, has image gallery checkbox. Does it show them the fields for adding the images and the captions and all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah, so it's kind of like the existing entry type functionality where Craft uh, will let you specify a different field layout for different types of entries within the same section, but it lets you get even more granular with those uh, those showing and hiding rules, and it lets you base those rules on live content that's that's in your field layout, and of course, um, you know we have to to caveat that with um, this plugin is actually like hacking into the JavaScript of um, of your control panel. You know, it's not like Craft provides an API for doing this stuff. It's actually tacking itself onto the the control panel JavaScript, and so um, if you do use it, you have to use it with with caution and knowledge that it's um, as you said, it's a little bit fragile. You know, you have to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm going to be dating myself, but I used to do system extension development back uh, on old versions of the Mac OS where there's no memory protection. And basically, what you have to do is you you have to kind of figure out what the system is doing and you hook into it in a very specific way. Um, and it really is analogous to what is happening here. And the the problem with doing that is that it is very fragile. You know, you're using undocumented APIs that you reverse engineered. And if they change something, well, <laughs> your stuff blows up. So, I mean, there is the, the potential for, uh, you know, updates in craft to break it. And there also is the potential for uh, it running into situations it doesn't expect. And you have some weirdness in the, the admin CP backend. And, you know, this is not to... Uh, you know, denigrate the the work. I think Matt's did an amazing job with this thing, and I, and I think it's a a very important thing uh, to be able to customize the back end so that it is easy for the client to use. Uh, just to keep in mind that you know he's uh, exploring uncharted territories in in doing this. And, yeah. Uh, so if you use it, test the heck out of it, yeah. and then retest the heck out of it every time you update Craft. Yeah, and I and I think it's a it, it kind of an interesting topic. You know, craft on the back end needs to be incredibly flexible because it's agnostic, right? It doesn't care or know about what kind of content you're making, so it needs to be incredibly flexible. 
And then you have the, the competing issue of, well, we also want to make it really, really simple for the client to use. Um, and solving that in a, in a generalized way is, is pretty tough to do. But I would not be shocked if at some point functionality like this uh, gets rolled into the, the back end because it is that useful and that cool. Yeah. And in the meantime, go to github.com slash M-M-I-K-K-E-L and check out Reasons. <clears throat> Another one in the vein of client proofing and uh, customizing the author experience is a plugin that you pointed out to me, Embedded Assets. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that one. So Embedded Assets lets you pull in assets from external sources, like, for instance, a Vimeo video or an image from uh, Imager or, uh, you know, any, any number of external sources, YouTube, whatever. The cool thing about it is that from the back end and your client's perspective, they act just like another asset. So you're in your asset view and you just click on, uh, there's normally an a add asset button. There's also now an embed link button. You paste in the embed link to, uh, you know, maybe it's your SoundCloud link to this podcast or whatever. And that will appear in, in your asset list, just like a fully uh, uh, functioning asset. You can click on it, you can view it, you can do whatever, um, and then you add just a little bit of uh, markup to your Twig template, and it will display it, embed it. If it's a video, it'll display the video. If it's an image, it will display the image. And the cool thing about it is that it can aggregate these assets from wherever they happen to be, pull them in, and it will, on the back end, seem to the client like you know, it's just part of their site. So it's actually a, a really cool plugin, and that's uh, something that Benjamin uh, Fleming did. Yeah, and under the hood, it's actually storing them as JSON files. So they Mm -hmm. are actually, there is a file that gets stored on your system and contains all of the information about, you know, each of these these pieces of content, um, which I just thought was a really clever way of implementing that because because now, you know, even if that plugin uh, changes or, um, you know, disappears somehow, that information is not lost to me, it's it's stored in this just really accessible way. So I, I thought that was yeah. a very smart move. And if on the uh, provider side, if they change something, everything is still going to work because it's it's using JSON to store where everything is, and it's just going to pull in the response that it gets back from uh, the site that it's pulling from. Um, so I, I thought that that was a, a really cool plugin for integrating stuff from external sources, which. You know, these days, a lot of uh, content is going to be pulled in from external sources. Yeah, and you can get that at GitHub also. Uh, Benjamin's GitHub is github.com slash Benjamin F. One other thing that I wanted to just mention briefly, I was uh, working on something, a plugin of mine, and I looked at something that Pixel and Tonic did, in this case, the uh, Store Hours plugin. And I'm like, wow, this does like 90% of what I want to do. I want to just rip this thing off. You know, <laughs> I mean, I want to just steal it. And so I asked Brad Bell, uh, I said, well, hey, I want to steal this thing. There's no license on it. You know, what's... We mean steal in the, the absolute most flattering I, I just mean steal. I mean, I wanted to rip it off and I wanted to cut paste and then, you know, be done and move on. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, they probably should have a license. And then the next thing you know, uh, there is an MIT license on almost all of their plugins that they have listed up on GitHub, uh, which is really cool. Uh, because what that means is you can just go in there, tear stuff out, use it, modify it, 
do whatever you want with it. And the MIT license is, uh, is very unrestrictive. Yeah, um, which you, in most cases, that's the point of that code being up on GitHub is as just examples of how to use craft in, in various plugin situations. And so uh, I think their intention from the beginning was that we would all take that code and copy it and paste it into our own stuff um, and use it as that kind of resource. So uh, now it is legal for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for everybody to do that. Well, I think it's still important that there is a license up there. And that's something that people pointed out to me. Uh, mm-hmm. for some of my plugins is that I should have a license up there. So I did. Um, but it's important because Craft has different licenses that they use for different things. So it's kind of unclear uh, what these fell under. So I think it's great. And, you know, hats off to Brad. Yeah. And speaking of Pixel and Tonic's first party plugins, um, the last thing I want to talk about is the Contact Form plugin, which is this gem that I think flies under the radar most of the time. Um, and... Uh, just in the last few updates, especially since Craft 2.5 rolled out, their contact form plugin has just gotten a ton of uh, of power. And I, you know, I'm a big Sprout Forms advocate. Love Sprout Forms, um, and I will sit here and use Sprout Forms on any form that needs just more than one field for the, uh, you know, a message body. Um, and it turns out that the recent versions of the contact form plugin from Pixel and Tonic also will let you do uh, multiple fields in right. your form submissions. And not only that, but they'll do multi-field validation. Uh, they have config file customizability. It's hookable so that you can take every submission and all of the different fields that were in that submission and do random business logic with it. Um, and so the, the Pixel and Tonic contact form plugin just... I had no idea that you could just define ad hoc fields, multiple fields, and it just handles them all perfectly nicely and sticks them into the the email that it sends when somebody submits that form. Uh, and so if you have been using other uh, heavier form submission solutions uh, in order to get a contact form or some other kind of form with multiple fields in it, um, you might be interested to know that Pixel and Tonic's contact form plugin will do that as well. And of course, it's still not as as full-featured as something like Sprout Forms. You know, it's not archiving the submissions in your site. You can't um, go pull them out of a service and display them in a template. You can't do as much customization. You don't have as many field types available to you. So, you know, if you're doing a lot of forms work, you'll still probably need a more full-featured uh, solution. But, uh, but for just contact forms and other kind of random ad hoc stuff... Um, I am, I'm circling back to Pixel and Tonic's contact form and checking out some of this new stuff that they have added yeah. to it. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, it's simple, and let's face it, that's one of the things that just about every website has is a customer acquisition, a way to contact us, get in touch, find out about this, that, or the other thing, and it fulfills that uh, that need really well. And that, of course, too, is now MIT licensed, so uh, you well, too can check. go. No, it is. It is. It is. It is MIT license. So go, <laughs> go, uh, fork it, steal it, mix it, mash it. Um, go ye forth and contact things. <laughs> All right, that's our five things for today: Sprout reports, reasons, embedded assets, the Pixel and Tonic first-party contact form, and the awesome news that um, most of Pixel and Tonic's first-party plugins are now MIT licensed. That's a pretty good bunch of stuff for a it's, Friday. It's not bad. And I gotta ask: Did you record this? I. Do you see a waveform sitting there? Is your computer on, sir? 
Houston, we have a recording. <laughs> okay, good. Good. All right, y'all have a great weekend, and we will see you next time.